The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, I'm Tom Butler. I'm Brendan Duffy. And I'm Tom Wheatley. And you're listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Join us as three lifelong 007 fans go on a journey of discovery. We're on a mission to discover everything we can about cinema's greatest spy films. By learning about the people who made them in front of the camera and behind. The James Bond A to Z podcast is in no way affiliated with James Bond Eon or the Fleming Estate. We've researched each episode as extensively as we can, but our information does come from a range of sources. We do our best to make sure the information is accurate, but sometimes we can get it wrong. If you want to correct us on something or add some more detail, email us at podcast at jamesbond8z.co.uk. Hello, you are listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Uh, I'm Tom, joined as always by the other Tom and Brendan. Hello. And Hello. this time we have a very special guest, Mr. Calvin Dyson. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for coming and joining us. Uh, we are going to be talking about Pierce Brosnan, um, really just following on from the, the, sort of the two-part episode we did just about the fifth James Bond. And yeah, I guess, first of all, Calvin, it'd be great if you just could introduce yourself and sort of just explain a little bit about how you got into you know, the world of talking about James Bond online which you are very famous sure. for now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm Calvin, and for about 10 years now, which is terrifying to think of, I've been keeping a YouTube channel, which is just sort of like my soapbox for talking about all things Bond. And it kind of just came out of being a student and around other film students who had little interest in Bond, so I just needed to kind of exploit the internet for my own conversational purposes. But it just kept on going for 10 years, and it's uh, it's a lovely hobby, and you get to meet a lot of nice, cool new people and chat about Bond, so it's great. You, you don't find that you're getting bored of Bond yet? No, no, still not. It's still, yeah, it's, um, it, it never loses its appeal. It's kind of, it's helpful that there are so many offshoots. There's like the films, the books, the games, the music, the, there's so many different tangents that you can go out on and there's such variety to it. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's quite comforting to, to immerse yourself in something like this. Like, I think before we started the podcast, I mean, I think we were all very like strong James Bond fans, but actually now immersing ourselves in it all the time it's just it's nice it's very comforting especially like now at the moment when there's not much else going on it's nice to have that yeah. to fall back on i think i totally yeah. agree well we're only yeah. three months in so um <laughs> yeah. ask we'll, us again we'll in the, back after in the, the first yeah. year are you all like e- e- like equal level fanatics or are like some of you like more fanatical about it than others i'm just curious i think we're all probably about the same in terms of our love of bond some of us like buying bond tap more than other people <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're all pretty much on the same level when it comes to knowledge and and passion and, definitely um, yeah, well Bren- yeah. brendan won the christmas quiz that we did uh, so he's the man with the the detail i think um bit of a uh, sore point uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i guess we're now getting to a point where we're we're overloaded with knowledge i think i think the quiz will be much more harder this time round. yeah um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's interesting. And you you probably found this as, as you've gone along where you talk about something to do with Bond early on. And then over the, over the months and weeks, you, you suddenly have much more knowledge around all those areas. And when you talk about something else, you suddenly are, it's way easier to talk about it because you've got all these pots of information to, to pull in from. I completely agree. And you end up like appreciating things like more, like sometimes when you know a bit of behind the scenes stuff about it, and then that can change your perception of the film, which is really nice. I feel like, you you know, every week, you know, I could, you know, do a full ranking of the Bond films and it would be different every time because it just depends on what mood you're in and kind of what you've heard about the others and all that kind of stuff, which is nice. Well, Brendan was talking, we watched, we occasionally do a group watch of a Bond film when we're going to talk about it. And, um, we were saying that when you watch the credits at the start, the credits suddenly become amazingly more interesting when you know every name in it. And you just start going, oh, that's, oh, I see. I get it now. That's um, true. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, wow, Arthur Wooster did the yeah. cinematography for this one. <laughs> but yeah, you talked about your rankings there, Calvin. And um, I guess that's why I sort of contacted you in the first place to see if you'd speak about it. Because I know you're obviously a big Pierce Brosnan fan. Oh, yeah massively well you guys are as well aren't you like i think tom was it you that said he's like your favorite bond or brendan he's my favorite oh, bond yes ah, amazing but <laughs> by some way as well <laughs> oh wow okay who's yeah. second just out of curiosity connery oh okay then yeah, yeah. um oh, nice so yeah you you ranked pierce Bros as your second and goldeneye was is your second film right well, it, it's probably my favourite now. It's like what I said about rankings again. It's like that and Skyfall seem to flip around for me quite a lot. But I think Goldeneye is just like sensational across the board. It just has all of the right elements. Yeah. And I think Pierce is great in it as well. Yeah, that's what we, we spoke about on the, the Brosnan episode as well. We were in yeah. agreement with that. You talk about Brosnan falling out of favour with like the Bond fans recently. Oh, yeah. yeah why? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I, I have a theory that, because I, I grew up in like the 90s and you know early 2000s stuff when Pierce was Bond, and I have a theory that whoever the incumbent is always sort of has this sort of halo around them, where when it comes to sort of like general pop culture, obviously everyone says Connery's the best because it's Connery, and then the second best is always whoever the incumbent is, and then the one previous to the incumbent is often sort of, I don't know if it's just like most recent X syndrome or what, where people <laughs> just have this like unnecessary disdain and it takes a little bit longer because I remember like growing up when Pierce was Bond and Timothy Dalton was hardly spoken about at all and now he's sort of been reappreciated um mm. And his yeah. films are uh, reappraised. And similar to Roger Moore as well, I think, like, his... And, you know, there's always going to be someone sort of at the bottom. And at the moment, I feel like that's Pierce. And I don't know if it's just going to take a few more years to get to a point where he is appreciated uh, a bit more. But I, I think we are well overdue a Pierce Brosnan renaissance. Do you do you think the, um, the, the Brosnan films will age well in that way in, in, say, 10 years' time? Do you think people look back and go, they were classics? Or do you think they'll be... Well, maybe one was a classic not a fan of the other ones i think it might end up being a bit like when you 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 roger moore fans of which i am definitely one well i would never try to convince anyone that moonraker is a great bit of filmmaking but my god i have so much fun watching it and there's so much great stuff in it and i know people are some i know you had mark o'connell on um a few weeks ago on the podcast and he's a big fan of a view to a kill as well which again is not a film that people are gonna you know put next to Citizen Kane or The Godfather or anything like that but people Mark, do... Mark did 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people do love it. And I think it's going to be, I think GoldenEye is going to be looked upon as being a real classic. And the other ones are going to have their fans. Even Dine of the Day, some people even like that. I, I can't quite go that far. But. Oh, oh it's, yeah. it's, it's growing on me. Yeah. It's interesting Di- that you talk about the, the Roger Moore stuff because, I mean, that's pretty much spot on. I imagine Die Another Day will be looked back on in, in future years as this 90s kind of over-the-top film that people go, oh, that's a brilliant, fun film. But, yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely in the Roger Moore ilk for me. Uh, I, I, I suppose the Roger Moore films are so far away that you don't really know what it was like when they were released. It, it, every, every time anyone talks about them or it's in magazines and, and books, it's always like, it was so popular, everyone loved it. But they might say that about Die Another Day in 20th time because it made a lot of money. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was popular and people did love it at the time. And like, I was like, certainly like, I, I was like 13 years old when it came out. It's like first Bond film that I was seeing at the cinema, so I couldn't have been more perfectly pitched to see. It. And I remember loving it and uh, all of its audacity. And then I remember even when Casino Royale came out, it was because Craig wasn't properly established. And even then, looking back on Dine of the Day with some sort of <laughs> rose-tinted glasses about how the films used to be and everything, um, not quite got that same opinion now, but. Yeah. I don't mind. Um, I don't mind Die Another Day. Like we watched it recently, and um, I think there's worse Bond films. <laughs> I, don't, I think its cr- crimes are less egregious than maybe I remember them being, having revisited it recently. Um, mm. But I wonder with Brosnan whether it, it's a it's a matter of statistics in terms of like the percentage of great Bond films that he did compared to you know the others, and actually, Golden I think is a great is one of the all time greats. In fact, I think it's probably the greatest of the modern ones but um when you look back and think you know connery probably had three great ones three, uh, three not so good ones roger probably the same it's just that he wasn't bond for long enough to establish himself as as the best i think possibly yeah i would love him to have that fifth film as much as i do love what they did with casino royale and the whole reboot and everything i would just love to see that you know well i mean technically in a way we all you know almost had it with um, everything or nothing the video games i don't know if you did you guys play the the video games at all when they were coming out nightfire and that yeah yeah a sprinkling of them yeah i don't ever remember getting massively involved in in any of them i think yeah nightfire i played for a bit but i was still in that gold uh, golden eye world where Everything just disappointed me after that. Mm. <laughs> Goldeneye is so iconic. I think like just Goldeneye as as a brand is like separate to Bond now. It feels because yeah. of that game and like all of the games that came after it. But um, he- everything or nothing is like a great like fifth piece film. If they went on that same trajectory and they're doing like invisible suits and platinum tanks and all like outrageousness like that. Um, but I, I guess that's the kind of trajectory they would have um, continued on in the films. But it's just a really cool kind of glimpse into what might have been. Well, um, talking about the video games, Calvin, you you spend a lot of time uh, talking about the Bond video games. Um, and I guess that's an area that I'm not as familiar with. What are the, what are the other games that are worth looking into um, if you're going to go back and revisit any of them? Oh, well, it is all Brosnan era games, I would say, which is like, I mean, GoldenEye, obviously, N64 GoldenEye is just uh, iconic. Um, The World Is Not Enough, which was its follow-up on the Nintendo 64, that one's really terrific as well. 
And again, Pierce isn't doing... The only one he actually did the voice work for was Everything or Nothing, and he lent his likeness to some of them, and they've got, like, sound-alikes. But um, I don't know if that just association of, like, you know, every time you played Goldeneye with your mates, Pierce's face would be, like, sticking up from the Nintendo 64, and you just associate looking at him with having fun. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's... Uh, they kind of went off um, piece a bit, and for Agent Under Fire which was the first Bond game on, like, the PlayStation 2 in that era, they just created their own original cipher of Bond. And um, I think a guy called Andrew Bicknell did the voice. Um, and he was kind of supposed to be, like, a Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore sort of um, combination. Uh, but then after that, for Nightfire, they got Pierce Brosnan's likeness back in, even though it wasn't his voice. And Nightfire and, a and Agent Under Fire are great as well. But Everything or Nothing is the one that people look back on in terms of Pierce's sort of video game era with an awful lot of fondness. Because it had an original story, and Willem Dafoe is a villain, and Shannon Elizabeth is a Bond girl, and all that. So it was, uh, it was a really classy product, really. Hmm. It's in that heyday of every major film release getting its uh, a counterpart game, wasn't it? And they, it was that was as exciting as the film, but it obviously doesn't exist anymore, really. But are, are you excited about the the new Bond game? Oh, I can't wait! I'm so excited. It's like ticking so many boxes for me. I love it when the Bond games just do an original story because so much of the you know so much of bond stories are kind of the same thing but with just with tweaked elements here and there and it depends on who you cast as the villain and the difference between goldfinger and max zorin isn't you know quite that different so you might as well kind of do your own thing and create your own characters and the upcoming bond game seems to be doing that i think the craig games took a bit of a step back because they were just doing the films. They just did Quantum of Solace or 007 Legends. It's just Craig's Bond in Dine of the Day and Majesty's Secret Service and all that. Um, whereas I think the Pierce... I think the Pierce films coincided with the where the video game licensing was at really nicely, and we just have some really cracking Bond games that, unfortunately, we'll probably never see the light of day again on some kind of, you know, uh, remake or uh, HD upgrade or anything like that, which is a shame, just because the rights are all over the place. But. Yeah. 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 So to bring it back to Brosnan, we were talking about, um, you know, Goldeneye being that sort of crowning achievement, but he's he's sort of not quite there as as Bond almost. He he improves as Bond over the next few films. But um, I remember when it came out, there was, you know, the talk was he was the best Bond since Connery, which I guess is what they always say. But do you think if... It, it, my, my theory was that if he'd just done one, if he'd done a Lazenby and just made one film, that we'd still be talking about him as the best Bond since Connery. Do you think that's a fair theory or do you think I'm off off, off mark there? Uh, no, I, I think you might be sadly very on mark because uh, I, I would rate um, some of his later performances and later films uh, very much as well. But Goldeneye is certainly the one that sticks in people's minds. Um, even in Pierce's own mind, like, you know, in that Everything or Nothing documentary when he's like, he can't even remember whether it was Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough that they were filming. <laughs> but Goldeneye just has that special place in uh, in people's memories. Uh, so I, I think, that, yeah, no, I think you're on something there. I, I, yeah, I think his legacy might just be as strong if it was just Goldeneye that was there. Um, but you guys liked um, his performance in The World in Yeah, The World Is Not Enough as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think our, our general consensus on Brosnan is that he was always good, and mm. it it was the films. If, I, I'm not as big of as a big a Brosnan fan as these other two, and I always think that with his his films, he's very good in them. But the films tend to let him down a bit, or the scripts, are, or kind of the, the the way that those films went. 
So I always think that he just didn't get an opportunity to to be an even better Bond, really. It was a bit annoying for him. Yeah, I think that's kind of true, particularly with The World Is Not Enough, which is a film that I really love. Like, it's in my top five, and I, I think it's uh, very undervalued. For what they try to do with his character, like the whole idea that the main villain of the film is the main Bond woman of the film is really like strong and you know he has all these scenes to play but some something about like how they're staged how they're directed it just comes across so soapy and when like Electra's slapping him across the face it's such a get out of my pub kind of moment and it just like oh it's just not quite as uh I don't love it quite as much as I want to even though I think he's doing a, a terrific job with it yeah. maybe gets a little bit too hammy and die another day but he certainly kind of peaks with well is not enough I think but he always looks like he's having fun the whole time. Oh yes, which yeah. which I think is key to his performance for me personally. If he's having fun, I'm having fun. So yeah, that's true. So you can always break down the the bonds by the ones that look like they're having fun or the ones that don't look like they're having fun. And it's weird that the ones that seem to hate it the most, like Connery and Craig, are the ones that are like <laughs> yeah. the, have the most adoration. It's like we can only really accept you if you hate doing it. <laughs> uh, but I love that about Brosnan because that was what made it infectious and cool. And you know, you, like you did sort of want to step into his shoes and have those gadgets and cars and go on these adventures and everything. Whereas now I don't know if you have that so much with Craig. He spends so much time sort of moping around and it's lacking that kind of fun element that I think Brosnan brought. And that's not to, do you know, dog on Craig's version too much. I think he, he's very much doing a different thing and a more prestigious thing, definitely. But yeah, Brosnan had the fun factor. So if Brosnan had done one more Bond after Dine of the Day, what would you have really wanted to see happen in that film? Oof, that's... Oh, that's really tough. I, uh, I'll tell you what, I, do, do you like do it you to have... go more ridiculous? Or would you like it <laughs> I, to go more serious? I mean, a kind of, part of me would like to see it go more ridiculous, just because I love the campiness, the larger-than-life stuff, like big villains and like Invisible Car. Was I'm I'm fine with that in Dine of the Day. I know people complain about it. I'm actually all right with it. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Like, is there anything that you would have liked to have seen him? I th- I would like to see him doing the addressing his age um, as as Bond, doing the going sort of down the Daniel Craig route. In that, you know, he's the old or even the, the never say never again route where he's the old um uh hand at being uh, the secret agent um where he's more on a level pegging with with them um and just sort of seeing him reckoning with his with his past i think i think that would have been interesting giving him more to 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 chew on really mm. because he did get a lot of dramatic stuff you know like like you said you've got his betrayal with Alec in 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 Goldeneye and then you've got the the ex-girlfriend in Tomorrow Never Dies and it's sort of and then to, the world is not enough and then obviously things go off the rail a bit and, and die another day but it felt like it was moving towards something a bit more a bit more weighty for him but um, alas we never got to see that yeah it's a shame particularly with Die Another Day because that whole you know him being captured and tortured it it's such wasted potential really because that is such strong dramatic stuff like you could have him dealing with the ramifications of that throughout the film and they do kind of drop it i do think that his films do a lot of um 
the the emotional arcs that he goes on and the emotional side of the storytelling is pretty good, actually. I know that people tend to complain about that element with the Craig films now, and it's like, oh god, why does every mission have to be personal, and can't he just be sent on a mission and defeat the villain and save the world and that be it? I, I don't know if we ever could have that anymore. I think if you want to get good actors to the part, then you need to give them scenes to play and dramatic stuff. And I think they balance that quite well with Pierce's films. There's always some kind of personal element in there tied into the main villain's plot and everything. But but it's never too heavy-handed. It, it's just always nicely sort of peppered in. Yeah, I, I mean, I've personally not ruled out him making a comeback. Yeah. I, I'm still still hanging on. He looked great in um, November Man and... Oh, what was the other one? Foreigner, yeah, yeah. He looked great in both of those. He could definitely still do it, I think. He's... Yeah. It would be a really interesting detour for them to take if, before the next Bond comes along, to, to take a step back and sort of... You know the timeline is, doesn't matter, does it? You could you could still bring another bomb back, and it, you know you could even bring De- Judy Dench as an aged like you know M, you know in a in a nursing home or whatever. I think that that would be fantastic. We've talked about it before, but like you know like a Logan esque Bond coming mm. back to avenge an old I don't know avenge an old flame. I'd love to see him with Y Lin as well from uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. I always f- felt like that was the one that got away for him. Tricky, oh yeah, you probably have to make two. You'd have to do the one that makes the money because ultimately those kind of concepts they're not going to work for new a new audience are they they're not going to care about m in a care home (laughs) (laughs) it's not going to get it's not going to make the same level of uh, um profits that those other films were but it it would be nice to see if they maybe two in a year and we're going to make this one and do the the big budget one well how's this if it ends up if mgm ends up at apple you know a streaming service uh a streaming series with brosnan as as an old bond and then you've got the mainstream Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's it's inevitable, isn't it? Something like that is going to happen at some point. The world's moving to these series. Yeah, I wonder if anyone would be yeah. bold enough to suggest it to Eon. I don't know. I'm sure they probably consider all, anything, don't they? I'm sure they'll, yeah. everything will be in the mix for the next time. Well, you could do all of them, couldn't you? You could, you, you, you could just stay in the canon of old Bond series and, and get the older actors. Not all of the older actors, obviously, but you could even do a Dalton one, maybe. That would for be a, right. For a shorter series, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Dalton, which would you rather have, Living Daylights with Pierce Brosnan or Casino Royale with Pierce Brosnan? Ooh, ooh. Because obviously he could have been the Living Daylights Bond, right? As we discussed at great length. I think it would have to be Living Daylights. Actually, I think he would fit in with that vibe a bit better like casino royale as it is built is such a like it has to be a first time bond adventure i would have loved to have seen that pierce brosnan quentin tarantino casino royale obviously mm. that never happened but i think that would have been incredible to see what 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 do you guys think casino royale or living daylights well i i mean i personally would think casino royale i think i mean maybe not the tarantino version but a version with, with brosnan with a bit more dramatic stakes to it i think it could have been interesting mm. like it could have been exactly what I was talking about, you know, a bit more drama for him to get his teeth into the mm. the betrayal, the, the sort of the slowing down of the pace. Um, because obviously, if we had Living Daylights with with Pierce Brosnan, then we would never get, you know, the Dalton films, and then we may never have got Goldeneye, and you know, the knock on effect would be too much for me, I think. But then, if he does Casino Royale, we might not get Craig. Who knows where it goes from there? That's true. 
It's all such like in the moment, isn't it? Which I thought was really great. Like the, the the what you covered in the podcast about like how close it was to being Pierce Brosnan, and then it just didn't happen, and they had to get Timothy Dalton in. It just always seems so. And they always put you know they always put the PR spin on a, a spin on it of um, oh well yes of course we always wanted Timothy Dalton from the start, and it was like well you didn't quite. <laughs> um, it is just such a like a oh right who's around at the moment, and we need to get the best um, best person possible. Just like they would have had to have done for No Time to Die if Craig hadn't just decided to come back Spectre could have been his last film and um, we could have had I, someone new I, I think it'd be really refreshing if one day they do a, a press junket and they go okay we didn't want this guy but um, <laughs> the other guy wouldn't come back so we're, we're stuck with him <laughs> yeah woe betide the person that asks them do you wish you'd made this next one with Daniel Craig when the next one comes in because mm. that will not go down well god could you imagine god. <laughs> if you could um have placed Brosnan in any other Bond film, which one would it be? Oh, in any other Bond film? As in kind of just lifting out the whoever the Bond was and plopping in Brosnan Yeah, if somewhere? there was a Bond film that's... Or, or any of the Bond films that have already been made, which one do you think would suit him the best? I, uh, I kind of feel like Octopussy, maybe? <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of that film. It's one of my favourite Roger Moores, and I just think that that kind of vibe is really good for him, where it is a bit of a more light-hearted, capery kind of adventure. But there is some dramatic stuff in there as well, like when VJ gets killed and um, and all that. So, I, yeah, I, I think that'd be a nice sort of place for tonally where I like to see him. I'd, I'd be going on a Majesty's. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think the the only weak point of that is is Lazenby, so yeah. why why not take him out and put Brosnan in? Put the best yeah. Bond in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he feels like a very much a natural fit for any of the Roger Moore films. Let's be honest. I think I think he would have been very good in something weird like you know Live and Let Die. Um, I mm. think he could have done something very interesting with that film, but um, I don't know. It's... I, I think Roger Moore's the way to go, isn't he? It's you could definitely just slip him in there, and people would be like, "That's fine, yeah. not an issue yeah. at all." <laughs> it is hard to imagine him in something like From Russia with Love because it just feels so. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm sure he could do it because I think he's a, a really great actor and a very underrated actor. But it's just yeah, with where he has sort of put himself in his career, it is hard to imagine him in in such a part. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's, with a lot of the Bond films, it's you you see the. The Bonds kind of, the ones that you class as great actors do generally get quite good films to show their acting in. And Roger never really, you know, Octopussy and stuff, he never really got Shakespeare level acting opportunities in those films. And Craig obviously does as well. But I don't know, do you think Brosnan has had the opportunity to really show he's a good actor? Or do you think it's just he's done the best with what he's got? And he may not be amazing. He's just maybe maybe a Roger Moore type character. Um, I think I think they could have given him more opportunities, maybe. And I think, again, to go back to The World Is Not Enough again, I think that that's a, a kind of perfect example of where there is some really dramatic potential for storytelling in there. But I think they were perhaps a bit shackled to the ingredients that they needed to... that they felt that they needed to put in, where, you know, we had to have a cue scene, we had to have gadgets, and they felt so rigidly attached to that structure that kind of like trying to crowbar it open and stick in some kind of emotional journey just needed a bit more finessing because yeah. up until Timothy Dalton you don't really have much of that they tried it with George Lazenby in Majesty's Secret Service and there are definitely dramatic scenes throughout Connery and Moore's tenures but they are kind of happy to show up and just be the hero and save the day and all that kind of stuff and 
like I say, they will get scenes every now and then where they have to mourn a you know a, a dead comrade or or something like that. But um, I mean, I think Roger Moore was a really underrated actor as well. But he's not demanding the dramatic scenes as an excuse to get out of bed. Whereas actors these days are because they train for years and years and come up in their career. And if all you're going to do is ask them to raise an eyebrow and look debonair, they're going to want more to do. Really. <laughs> Well, we were talking about the other films that he made outside of outside of Bond. I think that's where we were sort of leading it. And um, I guess I'd say my personal favourite is is Mrs. Doubtfire um, uh, of of his. I mean, that's he doesn't get much to do in that. And my other favourite is the the Long Good Friday as well. I think that's a fantastic film. And he's obviously only in it for minutes. But like, do you have a favourite Brosnan film beyond the Bond uh, films? Oh, pro- probably Thomas Crown Affair. I think he's really good in that um, in particular. But I, I agree with Mrs. Doubtfire as well, and I really liked um, his character in that, just because you would expect him to be this sort of smarmy arsehole that um, Sally Fields is. You know, we don't want to like him, but they actually make him quite nice. <laughs> I like that, that he's just a nice bloke that um, yeah. Robin Williams' wife is kind of uh, falling for, which is sweet. Well, um, Butler, you kind of hit that on the head, didn't you? He was He's the kind of guy that you wouldn't want your, he's your worst nightmare, isn't he? He's your ex. Worst nightmare. He's actually a great guy. Yeah. If yeah. he was a horrible guy, you wouldn't. It wouldn't be so bad. That, yeah. That's what that film does really well. I think it really subverts what you expect from that from that guy. It's, it's just it's just a great role for him, isn't it? He plays that so well. Um, yeah. No, he's perfect in it. Um, and I, I do like his kind of while he was Bond and the kind of roles he was doing, like in Dante's Peak and Thomas Crown Affair, that kind of thing. I do really like um if you want to see him do really bad acting i don't know if has any of you seen it i know you covered it i can't remember if anyone has watched the quite it recent one yeah it was very yeah. recently wasn't it is that the one with one yeah. percent on rotten tomatoes oh it might well be it, yeah. it's deservedly so if it is it's, <laughs> but it's kind of hilarious like i recommend like you know if you well after pandemic if you can like yeah get some friends around with beers or something and just watch it because it's just it's hilariously bad someone like hacks into pierce brosnan's character's smart home and just like starts setting off the microwave at like 3 a.m and you just have scenes of pierce brosnan running through his house screaming at all of his smart speakers and it's are you just, sure it's this was one percent brendan <laughs> it's, it's not adding up <laughs> They could have done, they could have had a lot of fun with that because he played a smart home in The Simpsons, didn't he? In a Treehouse of Horror, so You're he could absolutely right. He could have played the smart his own smart home. That would have been it'd have done done better than one percent, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I love that. That's that's like a that's like a career bookend almost. You go from playing the smart home to being terrorised by the smart home. He's got an interesting film coming up, I've noticed, this uh, A24 horror film that he's making where he plays like a creepy doctor or something. I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to it as well. And I think just seeing him in more those kinds of roles, because I think he's at a point now where he can do really interesting, weird things with his career, and I just want to see what he does. I I don't know if I really want him to go down the Liam Neeson route where he's sort of this ageing action hero trying to save his daughter from kidnappers or whatever. I kind of would like him to make more interesting choices like this. But um, yeah, is there a trailer out or anything? I don't know if I've seen anything just, yet. Just, than, uh, there's just still. images, just stills. I think the trailer will come out soon because I think it's out in the summer. So I'm sure we'll get something on it soon. Um, okay. But I think I, what I really like about Pierce, I mean, obviously I don't know him, but I'm calling him Pierce, but like... Is that he doesn't? I mean, he's obviously made enough money, but it doesn't seem like he's that bothered about having an amazing like 
acting. He doesn't want, doesn't seem to be wanting to keep busy all the time. I think he's just enjoying his life. That's what I like about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a, have you ever met him, Calvin? Have you ever crossed paths with him? <laughs> I did once, randomly, really bizarrely. Yeah. Did you know this? Have well, I, did I, I saw, make a video on no, this? No, I, I think I may have seen something on your YouTube, but um, I, re- I wanted to hear it from yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I won't go into the really long details of it, but I was, uh, the, I was in Iceland for my 30th birthday, like, a couple of years ago now, and we, me and my partner went to the, um, the Blue Lagoon Spa there, and because it was, like, it was my birthday, we, like, did the vip experience thing because it was just like well well we're here why not and he was there and it was just so weird because i was i was i felt like i was having an out-of-body experience like walking past this because he, he was he must have been there filming um the eurovision film that he did with will ferrell and um uh, rachel mcadams and it was just so like walking past him because he was just like sat at the bar like uh, well in one of the uh, bench seats at the bar and just with this like big beard looking like so ridiculously like impossibly handsome and just like it's a really a, a you know handsome older gentleman there and then just getting closer because god he looks an awful lot like Pierce Brosnan <laughs> wait I think it is Pierce Brosnan and then we kind of got shown to our changing rooms and I was like, I think that was Pierce Brosnan and my partner was like uh, I, yeah, well who cares we're here let's you know went out and then he'd gone so it was like okay well I guess I'll never know if it was Pierce Brosnan or not and then later on we were in our swimming shorts like in the water like swimming around and then sure enough we come around a, a corner and then Pierce Brosnan's just there like topless just like coming out of the water like Ursula Andrews <laughs> which is just really bizarre <laughs> and then his wife like came along as well and she said hi but I was just like I, he he definitely had a look on his face where he could probably tell that I was like a fan freaking out, but I just daren't say anything because we're in a spa and we're like semi-naked, so I can't like go up to him and say, oh, hello, <laughs> Mr. Brosnan, I'm a massive fan. So I just had to leave it be. But it was just, it was insane, like just bumping into him. It was crazy. That's mad. Well, to, in to, an to ice see uh, <laughs> your yeah, favourite yeah. Bond like, in person is one thing, but to see them walking out of a pool with no top on, it's... <laughs> It's a difficult one to manage, isn't it? It was mad, yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely unbelievable. But um, yeah, but I hear from other people that who've actually like met him and like talked to him when, you know, T-shirts have been worn and stuff, that he's actually like a really lovely down-to-earth guy. And I think you can... I think you mentioned it as well in your um, podcasts about him. In interviews, he just seems like a really nice bloke and a really yeah. decent human being, and particularly with all of the tragedies that he's had in his life. Um, someone showed me an interview recently from um, an Irish talk show he was on, and I think the guy's name is Dick Byrne, who was doing the... Uh, the, the interview and it just turned really like the interviewer just suddenly started saying like oh well now that you're big and famous and everything um do you think it's gonna last with you with your girlfriend wife whatever she was then I can't remember and it's just like god what a horrible thing to ask in an interview but Pierce was just handled it like a real gentleman and Keely was there in the audience as well and um he just said some lovely things about her and it was like oh wow you know you're a really top bloke actually and they're still together now which is so lovely yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? About uh, he just seems like a man of great dignity and um, yeah. honor, uh, especially with you know uh, when he married his first wife. You know, he took on the, her children and like that's quite a young guy, I think, which I think mm. just speaks a lot about him as and, and his character. And you know, he's had a few sort of moans about Bond, but actually, since leaving Bond, he hasn't like he he hasn't burned his bridges, has he? Like you know, Connery did. Um, so I don't know. I respect him for that. 
He's probably mm. come off the best. You know, you get this thing with with Bonds where sometimes they kind of get lost in the world of Bond. Once they've done Bond, it's very difficult for them to break out of it. But I don't think Pierce ever had that problem. He was always he he seems to have the opportunity and the choices to do whatever he wants. Really, he's not typecast, and he does some. And, and Brendan will talk about this at length. His amazing work in Mamma Mia, and that's uh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think he's definitely. He should be quite happy, really, because it's not like, you know, Connery's problems he had with the Bond, holding the Bond um, position. And obviously Moore never had any of those problems at all, but he never really moved on from Bond afterwards, did he? So Piers has definitely worked his way through it and really benefited from it. I think he also benefits from the fact that it's a short period of time. Hmm. So that he hasn't spent years of his career being Bond. It was, what, seven years, wasn't it? So yeah, he's then been able to go and do other stuff yeah he's um yeah he's, he's had a, a pretty eclectic career by any account and probably probably the most of 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 all the bonds really yeah i was just thinking that then actually now that you mentioned it because it's uh yeah i mean certainly i mean obviously connery went on oscar winning and you know very much a movie star but other than connery brosnan's probably the yeah the only other one that's had a post bond mm. career where he's very much sort of stayed a, a star because Roger di- obviously did films, but a lot of supporting stuff, and he seemed happy just to kind of retire and do the occasional job. And mm. I know that Dalton's very big on stage, but uh, and on TV, but um, Pierce is still very much in the movies, which is which yeah. is cool. And you've also got this thing with Pierce where he's not Bond hasn't. It's not a bad thing that he but did Bond for Connery. It was a bad thing, wasn't it? He he, mm. he had major issues with it, and he wanted to distance himself for quite a while. Whereas Pierce. He'll do a film like Bond. He'll do a load not like Bond. It's um, it's up to him, really. And you know he'd love to be still doing it now, probably. Like, yes, yeah, he'd yeah. probably love well, he, to have done a couple more. Or still three, waiting for four. that call from Brendan to make the next one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get a Kickstarter going. You can do this. Go fund me. I just want someone to make the poster. Just an old man Logan type poster with Pierce Brosnan with his beard on it. That's all I want. That's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about just um, we might as well just move 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 it along a little bit. Talking about uh, Bond next. I mean, Calvin, you must get asked all the time. But what would you like to see next after Daniel Craig for Bond? Oh God, uh, I, I would probably like to see something like Pierce Brosnan or more back into that tone. It's probably where I am. Just sort of, I, I naturally fit a bit better, really. Um, as in, kind of like you know, go back to having some of the fancy cars and you know with the gadgets and that kind of thing i would perhaps like something a bit more like that instead of this kind of story arc structure that that craig's gone on um and, and again that's not to dog on craig too much because i love casino Royale and i love skyfall so much but um i think you can do yeah. i think you can do a film like that i think they've been a bit afraid to to sort of go too far into that and that might be something to do with daniel craig but i think they can i think the mission impossible films show that you can do you know, high tech gadgets like even in that they've got an invisible wall at one point, right? They they don't shy away oh, yeah. from it, right? So, I think it can be done. And I'm talking about Mission Impossible. I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but I think this may make the others enemies of me. But I think J.J. Abrams would be a great great person to have a go at, at, at redoing Bond because, hear me out. Uh, I, I read this. <laughs> I, I remember once reading this really great thing about J.J. Abrams, and they called him a franchise reupholsterer which I thought was really interesting. He's got a way of seeing a franchise for what it is, picking out the interesting points and just stuffing it and just making it like good again. He did it for Star Trek. He did it for Mission Impossible. He did it for Star Wars. He recognises 
the cool elements of something and is able to translate that into something that's exciting and that can move and that can you know do really big business those three the mission impossible three star trek and um um star wars all did massive gangbusters at the box office i think i think he'd be a good choice for the next bond film um whether they would want to spend that money reupholstered it yeah but he didn't I, he didn't make turn it into a long term thing did he 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 fixed fixed those things very nicely and made them exciting again but then it kind of fizzled out and whatever he'd done didn't quite carry on so i'd be worried if he if he was to start a new bond series that the first one would be massive and you know like a copy of an earlier one and all of the various elements you have but then it just kind of fizzles out a bit after that I don't know. I feel like he did I, the Mission Impossible job. He did with Mission Impossible Three. I think that's for me. That's the peak of those films. That that, that one that he did, um, and you know they they managed to move that on in ways that are you know still really interesting to to me anyway. But anyway, that's just my my pennies. Have you got a, a, a choice for who would you like to be your next Bond, Calvin? Not a clue. Um, it'll probably end up being someone that we're not even <laughs> talking about now. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's yeah, it is just whoever's sort of. In the, like, I don't know, did anyone even, like, really know who Daniel Craig was to the extent that he would become, like, before Bond? Because I'd, like, I'd definitely seen him in, like, Munich and stuff, but I don't know if I'd ever... Layer um, cake, I think, is the thing that really put him on the map, uh, wasn't it? But, um, I don't think anyone... Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. (laughs) Yeah, but no one was watching that going, oh, there's the next Bond. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that, um... Tom, I think, like, what what you were saying about J.J. Abrams, I think, like, who the next director is is almost kind of as important as who the next Bond is now because they do this thing where they do go for prestige directors like Sam Mendes and Mark Foster and, um, really, you know, like, I th- I'm really looking forward to No Time to Die because I think Kerry Fukunaga has a great sensibility and I think he's got a good sense of humour and he gets it, whereas I don't know if Sam Mendes ever really... <laughs> Did Sam Mendes very much had his idea of what a Bond film should be, and again, I love Skyfall to bits, but yeah, I, I don't know if he is just a little bit too sort of highbrow for it. I want to say, I um, but I think J.J. Abrams would actually do a really good job. I I think what you said about him, almost in that Spielberg kind of way, he just kind of hones in on what kind of the every person would relate to in a story and what's cool and humorous and interesting about it. And I think that's a good base to start. Um, certainly before, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, I would have completely agreed with you <laughs> after The Rise of Skywalker. I'm slightly, you know, on the fence. but uh, uh, Yeah, totally agree. I thought that movie was just undid everything that all the hard work that they'd put in so far. Um, yeah. Ah, but there you go. So, Calvin, what are you up to next in the in the world of Bond? Obviously, you're doing videos all the time for your YouTube channel. But what what else have you got coming up? Oh, it's no, it's just the videos, really. That's just my main hobby and keeps me sane in lockdown, which is very nice. Just sort of, uh, yeah, keeping conversation about Bond. Just sort of having a soapbox to rant my opinions about Bond is nice. Yeah, so more of that, really. And then just um, hoping that the film actually does come out <laughs> later this year, September, October. Yeah. Have you got a lot of stuff planned around the film if it is actually released? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always like, yeah, there's always some things to talk about. Like people do say, and I, I guess you will probably get this as well, or maybe have already got it where you're like, how can you talk about Bond so much? Like, do you not run out of things to say? It's like, well, actually, there's so much to say. And in fact, you can do an entire alphabet about it, which is, which is great. Or at least uh, try. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. What, what are you going to do? Like, if you get to like Z, are you going to like start again at, at like 
A again and go through like oh, more things. So so many ideas. I mean, we talked. To, I know you're a you're a Hitchcock fan, aren't you? We <gasps> we talked yes. about doing a Hitchcock <gasps> series at some point. That's my preference. I'm not sure if everyone else is. Uh, oh, that's amazing. their preference. But there's all these other opportunities. We can carry on looking at Bond and go into more depth, or we can. We'll do the numbers next. Come... We'll do one to one to a hundred. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, who knows if we hopefully we'll get to I'm, I'm I'm just looking forward to Zukovsky and that'll be the end of it hopefully <laughs> <laughs> no is that going to be a special that will be a, a big special yeah yeah um, but yeah I guess so where can people find you online Calvin uh, they can find me on YouTube primarily if you just google um, Calvin Dyson you'll find me and that's Calvin spelt like Calvin Klein and Dyson like the Hoover <laughs> just for uh, that's easy to remember yeah. people People always try to spell it with a K. I don't know why. I would never consider con- Calvin with a K. Um, no, I know, me neither. And yet it, it comes up more than you would imagine. Well, on that note, uh, a letter, which is very fitting for the James Bond <laughs> A to Z. I just wanted to say thank you, Calvin. I really appreciate you joining us for this episode, talking about Piers Brosnan. Um, next episode, we will be moving on to the letter C, finally. Um, but we may have a, a, another special episode before then, so keep a, keep an ear out for that. But um, if they want to, people want to find us. Where can they find us? At James Bond A to Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and on email at podcast at jamesbondatoz.co.uk. Well, I guess that just about wraps things up. Thank you so much, Calvin. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh no, thank you very much for having me on. Honestly, I've been yeah really enjoying the podcast so far. So it's uh, yeah quite a thrill for me to be asked to come on. So thank you very oh, much. Great, James Bond thank will you. return on the James Bond A to Z. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ciao. The James Bond A to Z podcast features Tom Butler, Brendan Duffy, and Tom Wheatley. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley, with music by Tom Ingramels and artwork supplied by Helen Dolly.